All right, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. We are back and in the full swing of things. Let me see, man, coming in hot. I can hear myself super loud. All right, it has been a minute since we have done a in the bivouac, but we are back and starting those back up. So if you guys are playing the home game and have been hearing and keeping along, we've been doing a few different updates and things like that, but we're back to doing some in the bivouac episodes. For those of you that do not know and are new to the show, basically what we do is we take somebody from the motorcycle industry. That could be rally, that could be adventure bikes, and that could just be anything with motorcycles, uh, preferably dirt. So, and talk shop, you know, talk about products, talk about different things, talk about rides, adventures, things like that. Uh, we've had a lot of different people on the show, including uh, Ty Davis. We've had uh alex martin's conflict we've had chris from rottweiler we've had uh matthew glade rally moto shop all of these different guys of course the guy that we cannot go one episode without mentioning gnarly dave of course has been on the show as well so we're back to doing our our interviews and i am looking forward to it because today's guest that we have on the phone or on the uh how should we say this on the line that we have on the line is another none other than nathan looney from counter shocks so if you guys were listening to or had a chance to check out uh this week's waypoint wednesdays last night or well you guys are hearing this on sunday but it was wednesday at 7 15 and wednesdays at 7 15 we're doing that on the youtube channel as a live stream great episode great show we were able to talk to nathan he was on uh in the chat answering questions along with morgan and a couple of other guys talk and shop uh and helping people with this new product called counter shocks so i'm absolutely excited to be in the bivouac with him and talking a little bit more about uh about the product that we have or we i say the product that he came up with uh, so sending him the link right now. Let's see if we can get him into the chat here in just a second. Move it back over to here. How's that intro music for you guys? Is that pretty, uh, pretty loud? It's been going on for a minute now. We can let it, uh, we can let it go here. Mute that line here. So we're not listening to that one. And then we'll just, uh, wait for him to plug in here in just a minute. But yeah, so we got a lot going on. I mean, talk about rally raid in North America. All sorts of stuff going on in North America now for rally raids as I conveniently and ever so gently turn down the volume on this. So yeah, so we got a ton of rally raid stuff going on now here in the States and in Mexico. Uh, and hopefully we got some stuff coming up in Canada as well. But I am absolutely stoked on how much rally events are happening and things that are going on. And so um, you've got the Kota rally, second year, second anniversary of that, Baja rally, 10 years running strong, and then adding different events this year uh, as well. And then you've got Sonora rally, also a long runner on uh, in the rally scene here in North America. And that's put on by Darren Skilton, uh, a Dakar uh, veteran, we should say. But, I mean, it, it's so much going on. Uh, I just saw some stuff on the Coast to Coast Rally that's going to be coming up as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then, of course, the happiest race on earth, the Nora 1000 going from uh, your traditional, you know, uh, race type format in stages for the motorcycles now going to a rally style event with road books. 
uh, and making guys run that stuff, which is absolutely amazing. I think a lot of people are going to get their eyes opened up to how easy uh, Rally Raid is. And I think that a lot of people will come out of this and, and start signing up for rallies. Um, you've got Matthew from Rally Moto Shop uh, jumping on board and helping people. I think he's got a special something going on for people that are registered for the Nora event. Uh, you're going to want to reach out to him. Uh, and then also uh, including that is the uh, the school or the classes with none other than Jimmy Lewis. Jimmy Lewis, another guy that we've had in the bivouac uh, on the show here. But that is somebody else uh, that's going to be down at this Nora event and helping people get into and acclimated into this rally thing, uh, which I think is absolutely awesome. I think a lot of people need to get into this sport and I think that as more and more people talk about it and we get those resources out, we're going to see a lot more people um, joining these events. I mean, it's just like it, it's it's I feel like I'm talking in circles, but it's just so amazing to see so many events now available to people that have been wanting to try this. And now you've got classes and you've got schools going on uh, Baja Rally coming up here in May with their event in partnership or, or working together with uh, American Rally Originals and helping support that team and getting to the Dakar in 2023. You know, Mohar, Kyle McCoy, Dave Pearson, um, all, all those guys, Paul Neff, another graduate or another uh, show guest as well. All of these guys going to the Dakar and looking to enter one of the toughest classes out there, which is the Malamoto class. Uh, for this for for the sport i mean really in any form of racing it's like you're gonna go and it's basically an unsupported uh race for them that's it it's just them they can get a little bit of help uh, we'll get more details as it gets closer but when i mean a little bit of help is like you got somebody that'll help you change the tires but the rest of the maintenance and the the day-to-day and the road books and the all of that stuff is all on you as a competitor in the Malamoto class. So, or as they call it now, it's the Motul uh, Originals class. So that's what we're uh, what we're looking forward to seeing what they can uh, what kind of trouble they can get into. So we're working uh, we're working on that and and getting some more details. But hopefully that'll be coming uh, coming soon. So let me see here. So while we wait for uh, for Nathan to join in here, it'll just be a, another minute. I know this uh, sometimes is a little tricky, but we'll be able to get him on here soon. So, yeah, so we've got a lot going on with the rally events coming up. And then we also have a lot of stuff going on with um, with the Chasing Waypoint side of it. We are working on the roadbooks for the Adventure Raid stuff. We are working on... Uh, getting ready for some events. We're headed out. You know, we've got the Revzilla event coming up here in just a couple short weeks, uh, April 21st through 24th, uh, out at Mojave at the Zakar compound by Rawhide. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to joining in on that one. And then also, uh, right behind that, we'll be down at the Baja Rally School with, uh, with the ARO and working with them on that one and checking out the event and, you know, basically having a good time. Uh, like I said, on waypoint Wednesdays, if you haven't ever hung out in a bivouac, uh, for a rally raid, uh, need to do it. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool to see everybody getting prepped. And usually there's a lot of family involved, you know, significant others, uh, that are there checking out the event and helping support their riders. So it's really, really, really fun and really cool to see, especially the bench racing. There's always some kind of story about how somebody rode off into the sunset or couldn't find this waypoint or this massive dune that they couldn't get to the top of all of these different things that happen. 
uh, at these events. It's just absolutely crazy. And it's absolutely awesome to just sit and check out and visit with these guys and, and listen to a little bit more. So I'm absolutely excited with that and seeing if we can get, uh, get maybe even do some live stuff there. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see as, as the events get nearer and what we can do and all that stuff. Cause I do also help support, uh, the rally comp, uh, system, uh, at these events. So rally comp is the timing and scoring system that they use to keep track of riders, uh, messaging with them. And then also, uh, obviously is keeping track of the waypoints cleared, the speed zone penalties, uh, and speed zone enforcement, and as well as other safety stuff. So it's a really, really neat device. I really enjoy working with Mike and the crew over there, uh, at rally comp, uh, at these events. So you'll see me there. Uh, I'll be supporting that, supporting the events, uh, and then just doing the chasing waypoints thing, you know, talking to people and getting, getting involved, uh, with people and, and, you know, helping how I can, if I can, when I can, you know, that's, that's the goal right? Let's just grow this big rally community that's already growing, you know, so let's, let's help it grow faster. So with that being said, let's check in with Nathan from counter shocks. I know big, long winded intro, but if you guys uh, listen to the waypoint Wednesdays, you know what I'm talking about when I say counter shocks, if not stay tuned on the podcast, because that is going to be one of the uh, episodes that I rebroadcast uh, on Wednesday mornings for you guys to listen on your commute to work. And so basically what we're doing is, is we're running um, this device is something that is designed to help the suspension work better than what it already does, uh, whether it be at stock or whether it be modified. Uh, the initial rider feedback is showing that there's a lot of positive, like positive results coming back. There is a marked improvement on these bikes with just something simple that weighs 1.6 pounds. So with that being said, let's jump over and start talking to uh, Nathan. Nathan, you there? Yes, I am. All right. Well, welcome to the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Of course. And also, before we even get into it, thanks for hanging out with us uh, on that Waypoint Wednesdays uh, to answer some of the questions about this uh, fancy new product that you have. Oh, I don't know if it's fancy, but uh, it was it was a fun chat. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it it was like. I'm trying to like split my time and talk on the camera, but then I'm watching the chat just like go off. And I'm like, okay, well let's catch up on what they're saying in here. Cause I think there's some good stuff in there and it looks like we had a, what was it? I think it was Morgan from Highland cycles was in there. Yeah. Yeah. He did a, uh, a review on my, uh, my counter shocks device the other day. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago and, uh, seemed to like it. So you can, you can tell the difference. Like you can see the difference. And I was watching the movement of the number plate over some of the sections that he was going on, you know, trying to find a reference point. And you can see the difference in how the bike is moving with this. It's it's subtle, which means if you can see that subtle difference on camera, I'm sure at the handlebars, it's way more noticeable. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of situations where it'll help dissipate up to up to 30 pounds worth of an impact, um, which that not translating through you, uh, really, you know, if that happens, uh, you know, a thousand times throughout a rally or a hair scramble or whatever, it can make a big difference at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that was something that we were talking about, you know, it's like, well, 
even if it just gives you 10 more miles, 20 more miles, 30 more miles of resistance where you can ride that much longer uh, at speed, that is all the difference. Making up time, whatever it is. I mean, there's there's a lot of situations where if you had a little more gas in the tank, you know, right. you'd be better off. So and, right. and even avoiding I've dangers. I've had a few test riders that uh, were older guys, and they said usually Monday, Tuesday, they feel like they get hit by a truck, uh, you know, because they're sore uh, after a hair scramble. And, you know, after putting this on, they, they kind of got halfway through their day and were like, hey, I'm not sore. Why am I not sore? I haven't been doing anything different. And that, really, that was the only change they had made. And, uh, you know, there's there's a huge cumulative effect. Yeah. For the product. I mean, and that, like I said, I mean, that's, that's worth its quote unquote weight in gold because it seemed like a lot of people were concerned that that was a question that kept coming up was, you know, well, how much does it weigh? How much does it weigh? But it's, it's negligible for what it does. Well, I always tell people it's about a fifth of a gallon of gas Mm -hmm. and there's not too many people that you put in one gallon or two gallons and they can tell the difference, you know? So if you can tell me, you can tell that, then you're uh, probably a better writer than everybody else. <laughs> and I mean, and all the better, which means you're just going to notice the the effect of this that much more either way. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> whatever, you know, however you want to slice it. So, sure. well, let, let's rewind a little bit. How, how did we get from this not being something to now being something? How, how did Countershock start? What, what even gave you the idea? What, what, you know, I've kind of always had that idea of, uh, you know, everything in nature having its own frequency mm-hmm. and, you know, it, everybody's driven their car and you go 60 miles an hour and the wheel isn't, you know, it's not shaking and you go 63 and the wheel starts shaking and then you go 65 and the wheel stops shaking again. And it's just, that's, that's harmonic frequency. And I've always tried to think of like ways that you could potentially get rid of that, but really never came across anything. Um, I actually was watching a documentary on, uh, on some buildings and, uh, they have something and it's a similar effect, but it's a mass damper. Mm -hmm. And what, what it does is it, it, you know, when a tall building sways one way, there's a huge weight at the bottom and we're talking, you know, hundred thousand pounds or something like that. And it goes the other way and counteracts that. And I'm, you know, thinking, oh, how could that be applied? And I, I know it doesn't exactly make, uh, isn't exactly parallel, but, uh, you know, that was kind of where, where it started. And I started thinking of ways we, that I could potentially do that. And, you know, eventually made it out to the garage to, to try some things. And, uh, we, we ended up making something, uh, just, you know, out of scrap stuff that I had in the garage and, and it worked. Um, I could tell a noticeable difference, but I can't say it was optimized at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a good friend of mine that is a aerospace engineer. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the amount of math that he can put to something just blows your mind. And, uh, so I approached him and, and we kind of went over what, what was happening, what I was doing, what I was feeling. And, uh, we actually ended up building our own, uh, uh, testing equipment to, you know, position sensors and things like that, uh, for, uh, for the motorcycle. And 
and started working on how to how to optimize it. Um, also, the original one was you know a foot long and uh, two inches around. It was huge, you know. So we had to we had to get it shrunk down so that it could fit on a bike in a reasonable amount of space. And uh, really, we I mean we we ended up making quite a bit better uh, better product in the end from all the testing. Yeah, this thing. I mean, I'm I'm still holding it. I mean, for those I have it on the desk from uh, from the Waypoint Wednesday's episode, and I mean this. I had when I initially saw this mounted on the bike, and I, I believe it was uh, Robert from the Kansas Rally team where I saw it going on. I thought it was some kind of like reservoir of sorts for the suspension. You know, right? Like, there were air tanks, and those air tanks, sub tanks, I think they were called, mm-hmm. have been around a long time. The Ricky Carmichael had them behind his handlebars for a while, and uh, I think there's uh, Cref Moto has something out that I, I, I imagine works, uh, but it's a it's an expanded tank for uh, for the air forks now. But yeah, this is a completely different concept. Yeah, no, not not at all. I mean, this is. It, nothing similar to to that i mean this is obviously i mean you can you can feel the weight in it and and you know kind of understanding and and watching and it was funny because i i I was literally watching some stuff on formula one and some of the stuff that they were doing with mass dampeners and obviously it's a different kind of different style um and how it worked and i didn't realize uh i rewatched it after this and after finding you know finding out about counter shocks and and this was actually current technology that they literally banned for this year's this year's events or this year's season. So it worked that well, but I guess it was getting too out of hand with what they were trying to do. So to see this now available, basically what you, I would kind of consider Formula One, you know, the pinnacle of technology and let's go out and try something to now see this available, something similar to that, you know, here on for motorcycles. Right. Yeah. That's the, uh, I think you're, you're referring to the J damper that mm-hmm. it is a, it is a similar, uh, concept. There's is, uh, if I remember right, it's dampened in a, in a circular, uh, kind of motion it has a large mm-hmm. screw in it or something to that effect. Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember. but yeah, I, I actually, yeah, that, that seems like a really cool concept. Uh, this one, might be uh might be a little more simple than that but uh you know it took us like i said it it took us quite a bit of testing to really home in on on the frequencies that we wanted to to attenuate um you know if you're if you're you know going along and you're only attenuating frequencies that are at say one or two hertz that's not going to catch very many of the hits that you're going to take and then if you you know go the other way and you, you really stiffen it up and you know, you're up at 11, 12, 15 Hertz, something like that. That's literally just vibration. You're, you're not gonna get what you want, you know, we, so our, our initial, you know, testing was to try to figure out what range motorcycles do, uh, what frequency they do work in. And, uh, once we kind of establish that, then you can kind of home in on exactly where you want to, uh, where you want to make it work. Mm-hmm. So, which is, I mean, and, and if anything, I mean, yeah, for those listening that wanted to like, if you do some research and figure out like, 
we know that obviously that this is this is different than a J damper as far as the t- the the stuff goes. But the what you just talked about, like how on the frequencies and how you have to counteract frequencies in order to to attenuate or eliminate is is explained pretty well in 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 some of those videos. But I mean, it's there was I saw a few comments right the 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 snake oil comments and all that stuff and and it's like if you don't understand that part of it you, i would see where you kind of think like oh okay yeah it's it's you know there's there's no way this makes sense but if you think about it from using weight in a particular way in these these shocks or whatever you know whatever formula 1 was doing if it didn't work it would have left the car immediately it wouldn't have made it out of testing but something that they developed way back when into now so for them to be using weight, just weight in general, in a certain fashion to be able to develop traction, to be able to to develop corner speed, you know, to translate it into something like this and now into into a motorcycle, into specifically enduro bikes and 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 apparently the even adventure bikes and also um, the rally bikes is. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to me. I mean, it's like okay, we're taking technology, we're 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 remixing it, and then we're putting it into this this genre or this kind of right. Thing. right. Well, and you know, I think a lot of people uh, they they think about the what we've got, you know, what we're using, and uh, they think about the impacts that they're taking on. But there's also impacts that you get from the bike popping out. Um, you know, as you're say your front wheel comes up and that wheel stops fairly abruptly as the fork extends and it pulls your hands back down. And a lot of times at the exact same time, the rear wheels hitting the obstacle that your front wheel just hit and it jerks your hands down. And this attenuates that as well, which that's not even a known problem until we've started figuring these things out. And I think we're probably, I've never heard anybody in suspension discuss the problem of the bike pulling down away from them after they've hit an obstacle. And I think this is a, it's really, it's an unexplored uh, portion of the uh, suspension game. Yeah. I, and I completely agree with that. And that's, um, I mean, it's very true. It's like you, there is a, a, it's like a aha moment. It's like people never really realize that, but that's the, the shoulders hurting at the end of the day because the bike was literally pulling you back to the ground. And there was, mm-hmm. there was some talk about that on the, on the, uh, in the chat about how, uh, like during G outs and how you want, you do, and you don't want, sometimes you want faster rebound and sometimes you want slower rebound depending on what you're doing. But all of that plays into a balance. And so, right. You know, everything's a compromise in suspension. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like this, you know, without having to make really almost any adjustments to your bike, this this helps just smooth all the edges. And, and it, you know, if you think about a graph that's going up and down, having, you know, peaks that, that stop immediately and go back down, and then you think about a graph that looks more like a wave, you know, where all of those peaks have been rounded off at the top and the bottom, uh, you know, that, that little bit of the, the impact is, uh, you know, a, a huge, 
uh, effect overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm, as you're saying that, that's what I'm picturing. So it's like this is helping basically round the corners on all of those edges. Right. Yeah, exactly. Instead of instead of the fork stopping and starting, you know, uh, immediately, it it, it, you, it gives you just a little bit of a, a break because of that that mass. It's got to get it moving the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's OK. So, I mean, I guess the way to explain it slows the direction change. In a yes. Way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, something else that another kind of way that I've explained it is uh, if you could imagine, uh, you know, somebody holding your uh, holding your forks or your handlebars in a position as you hit a bump to where your handlebars wouldn't move up at all. Um, it, it would cause your suspension to go up just a little bit higher rather than your hands popping up. And, and that's basically what's happening is, is, is as at the instant your, your suspension goes up, you know, it feels that G forces and it's going down because it's trying to stay in place and it's going to cancel out a a portion of that impact. And, like I said before, it, it it can end up being, you know, 30 pounds worth of impact. Um, you know, so if you took that, you know, uh, that device that you have in your hand there and stood up and just dropped it on your toe from about waist high, uh, let me know what that feels like. (laughs) You know, I feel like that's the shake weight test that everybody wanted me to do last night. And uh, just like that, yeah, I will not be doing that test either. No, no drop tests. I'll I'll bolt it to the bike. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like every time I'm on any kind of a a chat or anything like somebody starts talking about shake weight and posting pictures of shake weight. Yeah. Every, everybody's laughing until they go ride it. (laughs) and so now this feels like um or i guess how should i say so the dynamic aspect of this like is this something the same device you'll notice in lighter chop but you'll also notice in heavier hits or does it get to a point where it's like okay well i've done my work that's it well, I mean, I would say about the heaviest hits you have really are those G outs, you know, where you just absolutely slam into stuff. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, and, and it, you, there's a noticeable difference, especially just, it doesn't bounce you up and, you know, send you off left or right. You know, it, there's a noticeable, uh, a difference in those, but also, you know, say, uh, it, it, Really, I think one of the sweet spots on this is, you know, I remember going down a creek bed that had rocks that were about, you know, four to eight inches, just nothing but rocks. And going down it at a pretty good clip, you know, probably 20, 20, 25 miles an hour. And I could take one hand off as I was doing it. I'm like, this is crazy how much it's it's making it work, you know. Um, And you know, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend trying that, but it was just crazy how I felt confidence in it enough I could do that. Um, so, you know, it, it really does, you know, work in a lot of a lot of situations. Yeah. Uh, well, 
and I'm and I'm thinking, yeah, well, these so the adventure bikes, which I, I ride a little bit more of now. I mean, I'm, I'm Project Five Hundred and One, literally on the list. Um, mm-hmm. Is 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 a Husky Five Hundred One, and and that's you know. So I haven't gotten there yet, but the adventure bikes is where I mostly ride stuff, and that's why for the first time in any of the bikes, I spent more money on the suspension first than on anything else. But it's specifically because of that, because usually you find yourself like anybody can ride the fast stuff and the, the kind of rough, but not really rough, but just it looks rougher than it is pretty quick. But on an adventure bike, it's the stuff that catches you by surprise. It's more dangerous because the bike weighs way more. So it falls into these things fairly abruptly, you know, uh, right. unless you're Quinn Cody and then you race it at hair scrambles. But otherwise (laughs) so so it sounds like this is also i'm I'm not going to call it a safety measure of sorts but it's at least something that helps is is, is. well you know i i've i put it on a friend of mine's yamaha 700 and uh he he went out and within a couple days did uh did around a 500 mile ride and um he he you know, came back and tell me, man, I just felt so much more confident. The front wheel always felt like it was on the ground. I, so what ends up happening on, uh, on, let's say you've got the, the chatter bumps from them grading roads on gravel roads or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what happens is those bumps happen so quickly that the fork keeps getting bumped up, but never gets a chance to come back down. And so what ends up happening is you're above the natural sag of the bike and you lose contact with the ground. And this device has an impulse that counteracts every single one of those hits. Um, it's working quite a bit faster than your forks can. And it, it's counteracting every single one of those hits, keeping you down in the stroke and keeping that pressure on the front tire. You know, it's not an excessive amount of pressure. It's a it's a pound and a half device, but it keeps it down, and you don't end up with that floating feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, which I mean, yeah. So I can see the, the that's why we keep hearing the term uh, thrown around, planted. Right, right. Because I've I mean I I've you know I felt it on the seven ninety when I first got it. You know, I, I messed with the clickers a little bit, but you could tell that it just. There's so much tuning that happens in the suspension in those first couple of inches that changes mm-hmm. the way the bike feels completely. You know, the, the big hits are the big hits. And I mean, you've got 270 or you've got, you know, 250 millimeters of travel if it's a stock 790 uh, Adventure R. And so it it will dampen that stuff. But it's all the, that little one, that little stuff. And that's your acceleration bumps when you're leaving you know that's especially for the rear but the the big one is coming in to the corners with the brakes and changing direction right uh one of the other tests that we did was a uh, was a um about a 10 minute hair scramble loop and uh we went out and ran this loop and uh just one of the things we were interested in is how many times the bike topped out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so as we're, as we're looking at it and so we went out and did the, did the loop and, you know, 
and then we put the the countershocks device on and went out and did the same loop and we we went back and forth and did that several times same rider same bike just with with the device without it probably three minutes in between each loop you know and uh it, it topped out 63 times in that 10 minute loop so we're like okay, you know what do we know i don't know that that's more or less than anything uh but with the device on the exact same loop it only topped out 20 times in that same amount of space mm-hmm. so it's kind of telling you it's holding you down in the stroke instead of you know up above that natural sag mm-hmm. um that that was kind of you know like i said i i my initial making of this device was was fairly rudimentary and that's why we we i got with the uh the guy i did to get uh to get the data to figure out what what this is doing and how can we optimize it Mm -hmm. yeah because i'm 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 much much happier that this thing does not measure two feet like the original one did (laughs) no it it, it did not fit behind the number plate very well and uh yeah it wasn't too pretty but no they, they actually we uh you know, we're able to pare it down and make it look a lot better. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's like, and, and you're right. I mean, most of the stuff that I've seen, you guys mount it, rotate it around and mount it behind a number plate. So you could walk right by this in the pits a hundred times and not even notice that the bike is equipped with it. Yeah, so, that's true. Which is, you know, which is cool because then, you know, yeah, it's not as, uh, it, it's, it's the effective size that it needs to be to make the change, you know, and, and, and do its work. Right. And, and, you know, I've been asked several times, what if we made it, you know, twice as heavy? What if we made it, you know, lighter? Well, you know, I, I actually put two of them on and went and rode and really the, the overall effect was, it didn't handle much or any better, but it started to be a noticeable amount of weight. You know, we were up at, you know, a little over three pounds at that point. And uh, I, I felt like that was a noticeable amount of weight and, and didn't really seem to do much better for that. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we, we went up and down weights and, you know, there's, there's been a lot of trial and error uh, and, uh, but I think we've optimized it as much as possible. Well, it's going to continue to develop though, as well. Uh, we're, we're changing things, you know, regularly just to test. Nice. And so, I mean, on something like this, um, you know, aside from the colors and, and what you guys have been doing for optimizing now, we, we know that there's different, obviously different riding styles. There's the guys that, you know, hard enduros, you know, 80 hours on a bike and they've got six miles on the odometer because they spend their time idling and they may not notice it, but, uh, the, some of the faster like desert racers and hard enduro and rally and all of these different segments, is it one device fits all or is there tuning involved? Is there, is there Um, really the only, the only time I've noticed that we need, uh, to put a slightly different tune inside the device is uh desert desert and rally guys when you get up above 60 miles an hour um i don't know if you remember me talking about the uh the rear wheel hitting what your front wheel just hit Mm -hmm. and and what that does is it, it it throws that back down really quickly and 
you know, we need to, that frequency to be raised up a little bit for that um, to make it work. Now, I'll, I'll say that, that that setting, if you put it on a, 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 a enduro bike, you know, went there, did a hair scramble or something, it, you're not going to feel quite as much uh, usefulness out of it. But with the the desert stuff, you know, you're going to need to be, you know, you're going to be running a lot higher speeds and it needs to behave a little bit differently. Gotcha. Okay. So it, it, there is, and, and I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense. The, the frequency changes and that's just simply because, yeah, you're over 60 miles an hour, you're hitting stuff a lot faster. Um, so there's going to be, there's got to be a change in there right. because the frequency changed obviously. And this is what it, it, it counteracts that. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, how, how do you explain it to the people at, you know, the, the people, like I always say is those playing the home game and, and, you know, what they notice, you know, oh, okay. so what, like what you, what you actually are going to feel, uh, I'm, you know, if, if I'm going to tell you what you're going to actually feel when you get on it, mm -hmm. uh, you, you, the bike's going to track better in and out of corners. When you come out of a corner, you get on the gas it's going to go right where you want it to go rather than, you know, a lot of times you end up skittering kind of out as, as the front end starts to push and you get on the gas, it, it, it comes in and holds its line a lot better. Um, breaking bumps will, will, I won't say they'll disappear, but they are way less noticeable. Uh, you know, as a track gets rough, um, you know, those are probably the, the things you're going to notice almost immediately. I, I've literally, I'm, I've probably had out of the hundreds I've put out on, for people, mm -hmm. uh, I've had two people say, eh, I didn't really feel a lot. And I, you know, okay, that's, that's going to happen. You know, you could put, you could put cone valves under everybody and uh, there's going to be a certain amount of people that aren't going to feel it. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just going to happen. Well, and, and I mean, and I can see it. So that was something that, um, back, uh, when I talked to, to Alex about it is, is that there are a lot of people that, um, will not notice changes, but yet are picky. Like if they would notice changes, you know, and, and I'll, I'll let people go back and listen to the episode to find out about some of the stuff he does to kind of counteract that. But, um, I, I, I agree because there's. I think that it seems I don't know, I'm trying to put everything together here, but it basically what it seems like is, is that with this kind of a device, it's going to let the bike do things more naturally. Therefore, if the suspension is maybe not quite right, but people don't know how to relay that to their suspension guy to, to figure it out or where they're right, or they ride such a vast amount of different terrains this is something that's going to kind of help even that out because what we notice on the bars is what what we relay back oh this thing is rough it's super bad it's really jittery or it's this it's that or the other right so, absolutely yeah oh uh, yeah absolutely you know uh the other thing i've had that you know i've had people tell me oh well i don't, I don't know if i could feel it or not but but you know what i get forearm pump every single I don't have forearm pump. You know, like you get forearm pump every time you ride. Yeah. Well, and you don't have it. No. Well, 
then you felt it. Like you may, you just know you felt it, but you come in and you're showing, like I had a guy, he was running around the pits. Look at my forearm. It's, it's soft. Like, look, it's usually always pumped up all hard. I'm like, okay. And you know, and this guy had a, had one of the, uh, Oh, one of those vibrating, uh, massagers. And he had a, the, Oh, the other couple other devices for, for forearm pump, just cause he always got it. And he, he was, pretty pumped that he didn't get for him up. He actually started racing again this year because he's like, I couldn't hold on anymore. Now he can. So that was pretty cool that he started racing again, just because he can feel the bars now. (laughs) And, and it's interesting. That's, it goes back to the same thing. It's like, Oh, well they didn't feel it, but that's just like, they may not have noticed, Oh, going from 22 pounds down to, you know, 15 pounds in a tire or, you know, doing some kind of change like that. But it was almost like a passive thing. And, and to me, I, you know, for racing and for stuff like that, that arm pump, I think is the biggest thing. I mean, it, th- I think the biggest effect is, yes, we, we talk about it in terms of the bike and what the bike is going to do, but what really it is, is the benefit to the rider and being, right. it, I mean, if you can hang on to it, that means you're going to be able to ride longer than, than you used to be able to. And, right. and so I've, I've been racing, uh, well, double A, I'm bringing up the rear in the double A, let's just say, in the Midwest for a long time, since 2000 is when I started racing double A. And, uh, and, you know, I've always struggled with forearm pump. And I feel like now with this device on, I can be more aggressive than I've ever been. And, you know, usually I would always have to go hard and then try to back it down a little bit so that I could get my fingers back, you know, and, now I don't feel like I have to do that ever. It just, you know, I, I don't get the forearm pump. My hands don't get as tired. You know, you don't have that locked on feeling where you can't get your fingers to straighten back out, you know? Yeah. I've <laughs> been there, done that. And I only ride an adventure bike. <laughs> so nice. So definitely, uh, man, I'm excited. I just, you know, I, I'm my petition to, uh, do a 25 hour days hasn't gone through yet. So it's, uh, unfortunate. I don't have enough time in the day to get this thing already mm-hmm. on there and testing, but right. I'm, uh, I'm excited to do so this, this weekend and, and really try it out. I got a, the perfect seven mile test road that gets clapped out by all the local traffic, you know, that, uh, I think this is going to be the, uh, that, that will be my, my stomping grounds for this thing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's already, you know, I have some ideas on the, uh, on the, on the suspension and, and, you know, part of me just literally wants to, I made a lot of changes. So I don't think it would be fair to just throw it on there and go ride it because I don't know what the, how the bike's going to react with the lighter battery, the smaller gas tanks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in, and interesting enough, there's something that I'm kind of curious to see what this affects. Uh, on the seven nineties, a lot of guys have been removing one of the front calipers on it, you know, when they go more off-road oriented. So I did that, but right away I noticed a difference when turning the bike. It seems like when I go to turn the bike towards the side that doesn't have the caliper and the rotor. So that would be to the right, turning the bars to the right. It feels heavier. And my guess without the, uh, without the extra rotor on there. Yeah, it's weird. It and I think what it is is it's it's basically it's since the rotor is on the left hand side and the caliper, what I'm guessing is is that it's me pushing that weight 
that centrifugal weight out in a like on a bigger arc and there's nothing on the inside to counteract that weight and so i'm i'm thinking that's what i'm feeling which is why i'm really anxious to try and, and put the, because literally i can figure that out riding down the street did you use like a three-quarter inch uh two foot long breaker bar to tighten your headset up or anything like that recently no i didn't no i know that was i i hear you on that one but no i was like i i installed the uh i to to the point that i actually brought the bike back put it up on the jack got the weight off the front wheel and turned it in both directions and it's perfectly smooth i literally just uh i put the rottweiler um triple clamp set in there but i changed out the bearings to the the tapered uh style the tapered Timken, like a real bike not a bicycle Um, yeah there goes my job at ktm if i was ever going to be offered one (laughs) but they're off the lip yeah so i and i was like no nothing's wrong i checked the torque on it again i go no so everything felt right you know so now i'm like okay well it has to be that way. And, and it is some weight. I mean, that caliper and that rotor on its own, I mean, they, they weigh a lot. So my guess is, is that oh, since, yeah. since there's nothing on the inside to kind of help fall over or, or counteract that, I, my guess is, is that that's what I'm noticing. So with putting this on that side, cause that's, it seems like that's the side that everybody puts it on is on the right hand side of the bike or the right hand fork leg. Uh, from what I've seen, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this helping with that because I know I won't notice that in the dirt, but on the right. street getting to the dirt, I notice the difference in the turning right away. So, yeah. So take yourself a four millimeter Allen and, uh, leave, leave the device off and go ride for about, about 15 minutes and then, uh, pull over and, and put it on and, uh, and then give it a shot. You know, that'll be the, the best test. And, you know, it's, pretty quick there's only four bolts to put that on as long as you've got the, the rest of it mounted up yeah so. yeah which i mean yeah i'm i'm I'm, uh, I'm stoked to get it uh to get it on there so yeah it'll be i saw like how i saw the install videos uh on how to do it and i mean and it's super quick and i mean yeah moving a fork leg down is is fast i mean it doesn't it takes no time at all so um, no be able to bolt this thing in so what's next for uh for countershocks what are you guys what are you thinking well you know we're we're just trying to trying to get the word out you know it's it's a completely uh new idea and new or new to the motorcycle industry at least uh the, and uh you know we're we're working on trying to get the word out and you know the more people we can get on it the uh the more it'll grow, I guess. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent on, uh, on people saying they, they felt it and they liked it and it was a positive, uh, positive thing. So, um, you know, technically speaking, uh, you know, we're working on, we're probably six months away from maybe, maybe a little less, but, uh, on a two part bracket. So we're not going to have to pull forks off to, to put them on. Um, but you know, that, uh, other than that, we'll, we'll keep tinkering and trying to trying to optimize it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I'm, you know, usually I, I think that by now, you know, you, the the amount of people you get out there that that ride it and notice it and do that, you'd start to hear like, eh, eh, you know. Uh, but 
it's that's not the case. So I have a feeling that we're going to start seeing a lot of these out at the races, you know? Right. I hope so. We're also, uh, something that, that, uh, we sent one out to uh, trail ride trail rider magazine, which is one of the oldest, uh, actually still printed magazines in the country. And, uh, they're going to, they're going to hopefully do a review on it pretty quick. I think they wrote it last weekend. So, nice. uh, hopefully we'll see something on that. And, uh, I'm talking to some other people about doing some different reviews. Um, so that's, uh, one way we're trying to get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about this and I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm just playing the, my aha moment for this thing, even though I haven't written it was watching, uh, Morgan. Morgan's video, the Highland Cycles, doing that trail out there, and and I believe he's in Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And noticing the difference in the movement of the number plate, and how high yeah. the number, and and for those that well, well, he was going slower, or he was going faster. No, he had the same. He was carrying the same speed, and it almost felt like with it on, he was carrying more speed because of it. But right, you know, I just noticed on that type of trail, I think his bike was tracking a lot better. There was a there was one time about the middle of the video where he jumped off of something that I think he's used to having to really brace himself when he hits, mm-hmm. and he starts laughing like, "Wow, oh, I think I really felt it there," you know. So yeah. the, it was the, and I think that's maybe where I noticed there was like a uh, there was a particular staircase in that video where he comes, you know, goes up and then comes down. And I noticed it on the way up, how much the number plate kind of moved and that difference, the one versus the other. But I think I noticed it more, like you said, on the way down. It just like the number plate just did not move. So whatever you're going to chalk it up to, there is a difference visually from one to the other. So like I said, you know, at the start of this is that, if that's what you can see visually on a video and we all know how GoPros are great at showing how steep something is not, but is, or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, can you notice it, like, yeah, no, that was, I, I fell down all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's always the same. It was like uh, a while back I did, uh, I did one of the rally routes um, that a, a friend of mine out here um, gnarly Dave puts together for the Honda team. And, and came down that I mean, it was, this hill was steep and I was, I was terrified because obviously I'm on a 450 pound adventure bike. You know, he's on a WR 450 and I'm like, yeah, I want to see the GoPro video. And then I see the GoPro video and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to show that to anybody because <laughs> it's like straight down in person. But then you see it on the GoPro video and you're like, Meh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't look. It, it always looks like, yeah, well, you could just about walk up that just fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know it's, it's hard to get a picture that shows really what what it's like. So, yeah, but but again, I mean, the the fact that you're able to notice that in a video um, makes it all the more exciting to get it uh, to get it out there. And well, I can't wait to hear hear your uh, what you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, I'm going to try and get in the garage. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we'll get this thing, uh, we'll get this thing going, but I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and send it out so we can try this, uh, try this thing. And I'm, I'm, and for those of you listening, 
Uh, I will be at the Get On ADV event uh, coming up at the end of April with this thing installed and ready to go. So come by. Uh, we could talk about it and ask questions. And I'm sorry if I end up waking you up in the morning, Nathan, because I know you're back east <laughs> with <Yeah>. questions. <laughs> but if guys got questions about this thing, I'm, I, I, you know, I want to get them informed because I, I, I got a feeling where you're you're going to change the industry. <laughs> with this thing. Man, I really, uh, <laughs> I really hope so. There, there's, there doesn't seem to be anything else like it. So it's, uh, it, I'm pretty excited to, uh, you know, get it out to everybody. Yeah, no, I, this is, this thing is going to be rad. I can't, I can't wait. So awesome, sir. Well, I'll let you get back to it. I'm sure it's getting close to dinner time and, uh, let you, let you get on with it. But yeah, I will be in, in touch with more questions and, and anything that I can do to, to help because this thing is going to be awesome. All right. Well, good talk to you. Appreciate yeah. it. Check out our website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's counter shocks with an X at the end. S H O X. Yeah. yeah. Counter shocks. S H O X. Uh, dot com. And I'll put the link in the description and, and do all of that. So to make sure we get people over there, uh, to, to find out a little bit more about it. Cause you do have, uh, you had the install video. I saw a couple of graphs on there. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some reviews on there too. I've had, you know, as many people as I can get to review. It's usually one out of about one out of 20 will actually do a review. So yeah. <laughs> it, you know, they've got a few on there. So nice. No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a big believer in anything suspension and it makes a bike easier to ride now <laughs> before I was more about, you know, how does it look sitting in the Starbucks parking lot? But I end up right. riding my stuff more now. So <laughs> good deal. Nice. All right. Well, thank you. Anything? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, we will be in touch very soon. All right. Thank awesome. you. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. So there you have it. That was Nathan from Countershocks. Um, I, you know, I, I want to, I'm, I'm very excited about this product and yes, full disclosure, it's sitting here, not mounted on the bike. Um, but you know, I think that once we get this thing mounted and from what I've already seen, this thing's going to make a huge difference. And to me, huge is, um, you know, I can think of rides that I've done, you know, where you ride from those familiar with Baja, you know, you ride all the way from the pine forest, all the way across, uh, down to the, uh, crossover road and then jump across that and then go into the coast, you know, it's an awesome ride, a lot of fire road, a lot of, of chatter, a lot of stuff. So by the time you get to the coast on an adventure bike, you're starting to feel it in your hands. You know, your hands are stiff. You're, you're, you can tell your body's fatigued. It's, it's time to, you know, set up the tent and, and just chill. So for me, something that will allow me to get there and be, or feel better, um, or, or even this, you know, paint th this picture. And to me that is very important. There's a staircase coming down when you get to the end of it. And so something goes sideways, you come in hot, whatever it is. If you still have a little bit left in your arms that you wouldn't have had normally, that's all the difference. Your reaction time, your being able to break, your all all of these little things add up, and that's like you know the like I talked about on Waypoint Wednesdays. It's like talking about heated grips. It's like you don't know you need them until you get into a situation where you realize, now that I have them, had I had them then, that might have been different. 
So this is where I'm leaning with this, and this is where I think that this thing is is going to go. So for those um, curious about it, it is it's called Counter Shocks, uh, Counter C O U N T E R, and then Shocks S H O X dot com. Uh, so check it out and and see you know take a look at it, and and you're going to see it's a very simple device. You can see the install video on how easy it is to bolt onto the bike. Um, and then, and, and the reviews and everything. And like I said, I mean, there's enough people out there that have already tried it out that it, this would have gone the other way already had this not been doing something for these guys. And like I said, you know, for those of you that have arm pump, you heard Nathan talk about one of the racers that he worked with on this product and now getting back into racing because he was able to counteract the, the arm pump is there's just so much positive. So I'm looking forward to to putting out. So keep an eye on the Chasing Waypoints uh, Instagram. So at Chasing Waypoints. Um, and then also uh, keep an eye on the Facebook side of it. And then, you know, like I said, go back to Waypoint Wednesdays to the show on YouTube. Uh, episode number 10, we're talking about the counter shocks. I did the unboxing for it. So you guys can actually see what, you know, kind of what this thing looks like if you haven't already checked out the website. Um, but then, yeah, keep an eye because I am I'm definitely going to be writing a review on this. Uh, I, I want to see this on on bikes. You know, I cannot wait to try it out and 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 really see the the difference. So with that being said, I think we've been uh, we've been going on for a little bit. So with that, that is a wrap. Guys, don't forget. Sign up. Subscribe. Uh, I don't know, hit the bell notifications on the YouTube side of it. Share these with your friends and all of that stuff. I'm I'm glad we're we're back. We're doing some in the bivouacs. We're talking to some cool people out in the industry. So I'm really looking forward to it. We've got a lot of stuff coming for Chasing Waypoints. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys at the next event. That is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. <laughs>